every four years, the chosen few get a chance to become world champions. Tonight, we'll see who will represent the third. For some, this World Cup stage will be their first. This guy is a freak. For others, their last. Is this the greatest ever era, even for New Zealand? Well, it feels like it right now. Today is the day after years of work from Ian Foster and his coaching staff. We are ready to find out who the 33 men are that we are sending over to France in a very short space of time to represent New Zealand at the Rugby World Cup. Kia ora Etefano, a very warm welcome to this special edition of The Breakdown. I'm Laura McGoldrick. I've got Jeff Wilson, Mills Moliena and Sir John Kerwin here to... I don't know, prepare everyone for what is going to be a really exciting day for 33 men. Disappointment for some, but uh, I'm feeling a little nervous and excited about this squad announcement. Uh, <laughs> Sir John, should we start with you, JK? You look very calm. No, no, I actually got a bit emotional watching, watching that stuff because I've won one and lost one. And, and it just brought back a whole lot of memories about guys I used to play with and stuff. And, I'm, yeah, I just think it's a big moment. I'm not nervous about my selection at all because... <laughs> I had to, you know, agree to disagree and commit to him, which... I don't know how many times already, JK, from last night I've been told how wrong I am in terms <laughs> of my squad, but you're right. It's a massive moment in a player's career because you've worked so hard, Mills. You've worked for this opportunity to represent your country at the highest level. And yes, a lot of these players have been there before, but there's a number that have never tasted this experience. And I was the same. You just, you think, have you done enough, Mills? We'll find out today. 33 of them are going to get the chance to go and possibly win a Rugby World Cup. Also for the public as well, you know, even us discussing our, our squad, who's in, who's out, what's the, 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 the split look like, you know, on, on the back end of, you know, of, of them fantastic games that they've played, you know, so a lot of guys will miss out, but also it's an exciting moment, you know, here's our 33, the country are going to get in behind for the Rugby World Cup. The most famous player to miss out that went on to be unbelievable? Manonu. Manonu. So imagine that. Manonu missed out. He's still playing, but I don't think he's going to make the squad. You never know, Jeff. You're not a selector. <laughs> You're not a selector. Um, right. We are going to actually head now to Napier with our very own Kirsty Stanway, who's going to tell us a little bit about maybe what we can expect. Thanks so much, Laura. We are so close to the Rugby World Cup squad announcement. 33 names will be read out. The All Blacks will walk through here and there will be a massive cheer because we're in the heart of the Hawke's Bay Magpie country. We're in Taradale. There are 1,500 people here. All of these seats are by invite only. These are people that lost their homes in the devastating Cyclone Gabrielle earlier this year. The first responders are here as well. Fire and emergency, police, the Surf Life Saving Club as well. But look at all these kids. All of these kids absolutely love the All Blacks. Who's your favourite player? Aaron? Bowden Barrett. Bowden Barrett. What about you? Aaron Smith. Oh, you like Aaron Smith? Who do you like? Richie Mwanga. Oh, we've got quite a few players here. Do you think they're all going to the Rugby World Cup? Yes. Can we get a go, the All Blacks? Yes. Ready? In three, two, one. There you go. See, excitement is crazy here in the Hawks Bay. They absolutely love it. And they were all hugely devastated by the cyclone. So it's so good to be able to bring the All Blacks announcement here to the Hawks Bay.
Yeah, it's fantastic that they're there. Uh, great to see the All Blacks out in the community, not just in Napier, but even for the test in Dunedin. You saw them out and about handing out free coffee with you, Jeff, and you just love to see it because kids, they just don't forget things like that, do they? Well, I think they've focused really hard over the last uh, month or so, making sure that they've been visible, they've been out in the community. This is another great thing that they're doing for the community down there in Hawke's Bay. But, but ultimately now, I mean, all, all of the work that goes into selecting the site, you know, all the preparation that you put together, and I, I think when I, I look at this, yes, they've played all these great games, these performances, Mills, JK, but ultimately selection goes a long way to you winning. And do they get the balance right in this group? And who is it they don't take? And who is it they trust to go and do the job? This has been a massive challenge for them. Oh, huge. Huge in terms of that. Would have been hours sort of been spoken about after each test match. You know, who gets an opportunity? Who goes out there? Who's put their hand up? Who hasn't quite put their hand up? And, not, and be also bearing in mind, they would have been looking over the New Zealand A squad, you know, that, that toured Japan. So... A lot to go through. I mean, and, and also logistically, how do they hide 33 All Blacks going into the Hawks Bay? Wonderful place to be able to announce a squad, but do they come in all on a private jet or something like that? Gee, these days have changed. Yeah, don't I'm they? surprised we haven't had a few more. Oh, I think I saw. I think we. But they've kept it all relatively hush hush. But JK, I'd love to know if you know, having been part of it, what what makes the World Cup so spe so special? Because we as fans, we know because every four years, exciting, there's a trophy. But as a player, what makes a World Cup so special? It's actually totally different to what you normally do. You can't really explain it. It's a one-off. There's so much riding on it. There's going to be different things that are happening during the World Cup. So to win one is incredibly difficult. Um, and I think as time goes on, it's relatively young in, in uh, rugby. You think about Patrick Ewing, who played NBA, never won a... Title. Never won a title. Chip. And so things like that, you, as a rugby player, you want to be the best you can be. But sometimes it's out of your hands. Sometimes you have an off day. You know, sometimes the other team's just better for 10 minutes. And, and so that's why it's so hard. And it's really different. You know, Richie McCaw said it's like climbing Everest for four weekends in a row. And really hard. If you look at the championship, Goldie, teams can't really win them all anymore. You know, we lose to Argentina last year, then we beat South Africa. You lose to South Africa, then you beat them. So as the competition gets better and the second tier nations are getting better, Japan, Italy are getting better, it'll get harder and harder. Yeah, and the other thing that's different about this Rugby World Cup is it's longer. And, and you might not think, oh, what's, what's a week? But the, in terms of that tournament, that's significant in how you prepare. The All Blacks have got a period where they don't play for two weeks. So how do they manage that? And how do they rotate the players in? And given the fact that they know their first game against France is so difficult, Mills, and then it's not until probably the quarterfinal. Yes, Italy will be a challenge, but not until the quarterfinal, which is about five weeks later, that they'll have another mountain to climb. I think management of this group and the selection of it is going to be critical. Getting back to selection, Mills, I want to ask you, how many were easy versus how many were hard from a names point of view? Because I had a look at it. I had a look at it today, and I reckon 29 easy, actually. And the other, the other four or five hard. There's sort of five positions maximum where you're going, ooh, and someone's going to miss out that deserves to oh, go. Well, I think the split dictated that, really, to be totally honest, 19-14 as opposed to 18-15, right? And so do you go with more forwards? I think that... The backs, obviously, you know, I'd love to, you know, shore up some of our, you know, some of our forwards and have an extra sort of forward rather than taking a back because we've got so many guys that are actually uh, versatile in, in our back division. So, um, but to go to your point, I mean, it's hard to keep a lot of those guys out. You've got to think of the, <laughs> the blood, sweat and tears they would have gone through throughout Super Rugby. Four years is a long time to go to, to Rugby World Cup. And if you miss this, this time around, it's, it's so hard to go, go back again. I mean, I've been to three. 
fortunately enough to win one, and I wasn't even playing. So it's just the whole squad in general as well. You know, we, you might not be playing in the final, but you're part of that whole 33-man squad that's going to bring a cup home, it's, hopefully. It, hopefully. It's, it's exciting, and I wonder how much or how much chat was around the injuries that happened over the weekend and how much changes had to go into that. So we're going to cross back now to Kirsty, who's in the Hawks Bay. Thanks so much. We've found a couple of seasoned journalists, Elliot Smith from News Talk, ZB, Ollie Ritchie from News Hub. Thanks so much for joining us. You two have been flying around the country today. Uh, what's the word on the street? Uh, have you had any PI detectives out and about canvassing where the All Blacks are? I'll tell you what, Kirsty, I've had a couple of spies out at Chrysler Jetport who reckon Lester Flying Anuku is on the plane here to Napier. So look out for that one in a few minutes' time. Tamaiti Williams, I think, might be there as well. Will's Drew Moody on the plane. Can't quite figure that one out there, but the spies are out around the country. It's great to see. So it's not just maybe a holiday to the Hawks Bay, Ollie? Well, it's a great holiday destination, to be fair, but I think they might have uh, other business to take care of. Apparently, Fletcher Newell also on, on that plane out of Christchurch as well. So uh, certainly someone's doing the business for us at, at Christchurch Airport, but uh, some heavy boys out of there. What are the positions, do you think, after the weekend that were still up for grabs? 33 will be named in Foster. Uh, by the sounds of it, he had most of them. What are those swing positions? Well, I think the outside backs, can they take Lester Flying Anuku? Can they take Amoni Nara and Caleb Clark all in their outside three? Did Sean Stevenson do enough to stake a claim on the weekend? Those are the discussion I think that they'll be really zeroing in on as they debated this one. But also the props as well. 33 players, you take six props. Joe Moody, was he fit? Uh, Nipo Lalala might be on the custom selection. So those are the names that I'm going to look out for when uh, they're read out shortly. Elliot's probably left you with nothing, Ollie. Um, but for you, who would be the surprise name in the 33 if there is to be one? Yeah, I, I think on the outsides as well, um, if Imorni was, was to be named, I think it's quite congested in the outside backs, so I don't see there being room for him. I think uh, the midfield is another point. Um, you know, David Arvelli is one that they have not closed the door on. He's obviously come back from injury, played for Tasman, got through a half a footy for them. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Haveli's name uh, included as well. And also the makeup of the loose four trio, uh, the loose forward mix, uh, I think will be interesting. Whether they can find room for Sammy Penny Fina, I thought he was good on debut. I think he deserves a place uh, at the World Cup. So I think those will be some interesting points as well. Two of the best rugby journalists around. Are you two on the plane to France? Yes, we'll be there. Bonjour, Kirsty. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Team Yes, Ollie and Elliot. Some of the best. It's a big day for not just the All Blacks, but the media who cover it as well, because they're excited about what is to come as we get ready for this World Cup. We're going to cross back to the Pedigree Arena in Napier with Ian Foster, who's going to tell us a little bit about why we're there. Kia ora, everyone. Um, I want to sum this up with one word, which is wow. What, what a great evening. Um, absolutely humbled by... Uh, looking around and seeing this community. I guess what I want to share with you, we've got a special night coming up and some, uh, some special names are going to get read out. But uh, why are we here? We're here because we've all watched from afar the challenges this community right through the East Coast has had the last six months. And, and I guess we've seen pictures and heard stories and sympathised with you, but it's been really tough to to, I guess, find ways to show our support for what you've had to go through. And so the reason we are here is that we wanted to bring you something that's very special to us, which is the naming of an all-black squad for a World Cup, and give it to you as a small gift. And I know it doesn't, doesn't do much for the hardship and the challenges you have had and the challenges you're going forward, but please accept it as a token that you are very much in our thoughts and prayers, and we know that this community's had a hard struggle. And we, uh, 
We just didn't want to bring this. We want to be here for the next couple of days. We'd love to see you at our open training on Wednesday. And, and we've got some community work to do tomorrow, which we're excited about as a group. And it's important that this group, that whilst we're in a privileged position, being in the All Blacks, going to a World Cup, what is really critical is that, that we're, we're really thankful and grounded and, and we understand the people that we represent. And this community does that for us. So I just want to thank you. Um, for allowing us into your community, and let's have a, a special couple of days. Thank you. A really uh, lovely speech there from Ian Foster, and great to go back into the community. Like he said, you know, we've seen a lot about the devastation that Cyclone Gabriel caused, but once it goes out of the news, it's still happening for Napier, but we tend to forget about it in other parts of the country. So it's, it's fantastic to see the All Blacks are there. Ian Foster, we mentioned earlier, it's the last All Black squad he picks in his role, so it's emotional for him as well. Absolutely, and you saw how he celebrated the win in Dunedin, because it was the last test match that he was going to play in Dunedin with his family and with the team. And So I think ultimately this, this will be tough for Foster. The fact that he's got a big goal in front of him, but the last time in front of his local fans, his home fans, and he's gone, I think it's a beautiful thing they've done, um, but he'll be looking forward to this being done, dusted, and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And JK, how do you think he'll be feeling, though, that lots of emotions... He doesn't seem like a particularly emotional guy, but it's a, it's a big deal to fit. He seemed a bit there. Yeah, you could hear it in his voice, couldn't you? You hear the emotion in his voice, and he normally keeps pretty well controlled. Um, you know, it wasn't by choice. He'd, he'd love to have the opportunity to stay, so it's going to be an incredibly emotional ride for him. Um, and he'll have to keep those emotions in check. Um, but he's been working, and the staff has, for the rugby union for 20 years, you know? And so it'll be an, it's an incredibly emotional time, regardless, World Cup. So beautiful gesture to take back to the community. Um, but he'll be, a, he'll be have, you know, a huge emotional roller coaster mills. Yeah, but also probably excitement now. I echo what, exactly what both of you have said in terms of what, how wonderful it is to take it back to the community and, um, and give something back to the devastation um, that they've sort of gone through. But also exciting for him now that they've had to, you know, they've picked a, a team um, to get the country behind them and go over to France and, and really, you know, hopefully, I think those emotions will come back. You know, once they make the finals, uh, but you know, for, for now, it's the excitement of of getting this team together, going over there and working through these next few weeks to make you know to hopefully um, you know, bring that cut back. We, we say the word excitement a lot in this, but will we be, there be an element of relief because oh, there's th th some sleepless oh, nights, I imagine, huge. in a World Cup team. So he's also right. going, thank Absolutely. the Pope, we're done with this. Even Aaron Smith will sleep better tonight. Yep. Yeah, you know, and he's the first one on the plane. Yeah. There, there is no way, and I've been through it a lot, that you don't have a little bit of doubt in your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, can, can they still grateful. change their minds now? Yeah. <laughs> grateful you, yeah, you've come off you know, and you're injury free as well, right? Yeah. After these hard test matches. I mean, that, that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and you have to spare a thought for the fact that hard conversations they would have had to have in yeah. the last 24 hours. When bottom line, he's had to make some difficult changes. He may have changed, he may not have, they may have known. But up until this team gets named, that's it. All of a sudden he's put his line in the sand and everyone else knows where they sit and this group know exactly what it takes now and when they're getting on the plane and they won't, well, they can't wait. It's, uh, it's exciting times and the time is now. We're going to cross back to Napier with Richie McCaw. Kia ora koutou. It's a great privilege to uh, be able to stand here today to read out the, the names of the, of the guys that have made the team to go to France. So here is your All Black squad for the 2023 Rugby World Cup 
in alphabetical order as follows. Bowden Barrett, Blues and Taranaki. Geordie Barrett, Hurricanes and Taranaki. Scott Barrett, Crusaders and Taranaki. Sam Kane, All Blacks captain, Chiefs and Bay of Plenty. Finlay Christie, Blues and Tasman. Caleb Clark, Blues and Auckland. Dane Coles, Hurricanes and Wellington. Ethan De Groot, Highlanders and Southland. Lester Whainganuku, Crusaders and Tasman. Shannon Frizzell, Highlanders and Tasman. David Harvelli, Crusaders and Tasman. Rico Ioani, Blues and Auckland. Luke Jacobson, Chiefs and Waikato. Will Jordan, Crusaders and Tasman. Nipo Lalala, Blues and Counties Manico. Anton Leonard Brown, Chiefs and Waikato. Tyrell Lomax, Hurricanes and Tasman. Damian McKenzie, Chiefs and Waikato. Richie Moanga, Crusaders and Canterbury. Imoni Narewa, Chiefs and Bay of Plenty. Fletcher Newell, Crusaders and Canterbury. Dalton Papali'i, Blues and Counties Manico. Brody Retallick, Chiefs and Hawke's Bay. Cam Roygaard, Hurricanes and Counties Manico. Artie Savia, Hurricanes and Wellington. Aaron Smith, Highlanders and Manawatu. Samasoni Takiaho, Chiefs and Waikato. Cody Taylor, Crusaders and Canterbury. Mark Talia, Blues and North Harbour. Offer Tuangafasi, Blues.
Blues and Northland. Tupu Vai, Chiefs and Taranaki. Samuel Whitelock, Crusaders and Canterbury. And finally, Tamaiti Williams, Crusaders and Canterbury. Congratulations to all those selected. I want you guys to all, to, to all know that myself and the country are behind you all the way. But being named is obviously an honour and a privilege, and it's something to celebrate, but we all know that this is where the hard work starts. Winning World Cups is a big mountain to climb, but we're with you all the way on that climb. I'd like to welcome All Black Captain Sam Kane to come up and say a few words. So there it is, your 33-man squad going to represent New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup uh, in 33 days, I think it is. Uh, Jeff, for you, any surprises? No, there's no surprises there. I mean, you think about it, um, obviously uh, Brodie Retallick uh, is going to be fit and available going into that. They don't feel as though they needed to take any further lock cover where we thought maybe a Josh Lord was going to be involved. Look, they've decided to take six props. That was in terms of their protection. They had plenty of versatility there, Mills. Look, ultimately, um, the guys are in form. They've gone with that split. Only five loose forwards, no room for Sammy Penny Finau, which is probably the biggest surprise uh, in terms of his ability to play six and eight, but they feel as though they got that covered. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, probably, and that's where they've ended up with an extra back as well. You should outside back and Clark makes, you know, comes into that sort of fold. But yeah, obviously without Sammy Penny Finau, they feel that they've got you know, plenty there. Scott Barrett that can also play six. You know, Tupai Vai can also cover that sort of six position, which bolsters them up for a couple. But that's a really good squad. It's a really good squad. Six props. We, we went for five, but they've, they've added another another one there, so they all go, which is which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, for me, Finau, I thought he'd done enough. I thought he played really, really well on the weekend, and I thought they were looking for that style of play. Um, I'm, I'm ecstatic for Caleb Clark because I thought he was going to be the guy that might miss out because of the mix when he deserved to go. But uh, they have taken a lot of outside backs. Um, Moody, I thought, might be, you know, we're going to take you for experience. I don't know how his injury was. And there was still rumours right up until I was driving here about Blackadder. Um, so I think it is a really, really good squad. And I think that they've got the mix right. I am a little bit worried about the amount of outside backs versus the amount of loose forwards, but you know, only because there's a high attrition rate um, in the loose forwards. But yeah, it's a, it's a very good side. The, the other thing that really, um, I've just been writing while I've been listening, and the names, you know, Blackadder, Amua, Sotutu, Ioane, Weber, Fakatava, all those guys were, during Super Rugby, being named to be in the squad. So the people that missed out is still a pretty good side. Oh, I, can, you know? I can understand. All of these names have, have, are good enough to wear the all-black jersey. It's whether or not how the balance of the squad was being put together. And so the moment, like you say, they decided to go with six props, they had to make a, a sacrifice yep. somewhere, yep. and that's been in the loose forward area. And... And I did not think that would happen. No. I thought they'd well, sacrifice us beautiful outside backs mills. Yeah. Right? Because for me, the six props and taking a, for, taking a loose forward out, that's quite unusual, I believe. Right? Because you think about the attrition rate of loose forwards. For me, that's really, really interesting. Whether they think, you know, they've got enough and the person like, you know, some opinion might be 
it's okay to fly him over because they might not might, might not see him as someone that would be ready to play a test match. Yeah, I, one of the things I would say is that just there's a massive amount of time between games in this tournament. A huge number. Seven days, then there's 14 days, then there's another seven days, and then there's 10 days before you hit the quarterfinals. So in terms of attrition for me, Mills, I look at it and go, if, if they can stay healthy, which we've seen through the course of the Rugby Championship, they haven't needed bodies. In fact, they rotated players for the last test match in Dunedin. They could have played the same team again. They don't play for another three weeks. So I think when you look at this group, they've gone for a vastly experienced team. That's what they've wanted, and they've wanted guys, I think, actually, have, have uh, some resilience about them. And I, I like that. Uh, look, I love the squad. Um, you've got a feel for some players, but ultimately, this is, a, this is a really, really good team. Who do you think is the most unlucky? Um, I, don't I, I, I don't think there is. I think if you look at the squad, this is basically what he had for the championship, right? Uh, it's the makeup of, you know, do you take an extra lock to cover the, that, that sort of position here? Josh Lord, Josh Lord's there, um, possibly Finel. Um, but given what you, we've just sort of spoken about, I mean, guys can actually cover that. And so they've, they've obviously bolstered. If you look at the outside backs, they're the ones that have had an extra. Because we, like, like you, said, you said, JK, you would have thought you would have sacrificed one of the outside backs. But when you look at it, you've actually got sort of two in each position in terms of the wings and then and a couple of fullbacks and Will Jordan and, and, and Bowden Barrett. And when you when you think when you're over there, they're actually quality wings, so they can easily swap them in and out. That's perhaps where they, they're going to with that. Leicester, he can cover the he can cover the midfield also. So uh, that they're really it's a really good team. And the biggest thing is no one has been picked from outside that the initial group, right? That he's kept with the, the guys that he's picked right from the get-go. So th this is what I wrote down. Savia can cover eight and seven and six at a pinch. Dalton Papali can cover six, seven. Luke Jacobs, six, seven and eight, he can cover. Sam Kane, seven and probably six at a pinch. Frizzell, six and four at a pinch. So when you look at the five, they're really versatile. But I still thought they would take an outside back out, but anyway. I, I love the team. fact that, and I'm hoping I'm right, that the Brodie Retallick injury is not too serious. Yeah. It can't that's be. What, well, it can't it, be, it gives me great confidence if that's what I look at it and go, they feel confident that Tupo Vai is going to be able to cover him and maybe in the first game off the bench if they need to, if he's not quite ready. They feel as though there's plenty of time. And we've heard four to six weeks. We might hear um, a little bit later whether or not there's more details around that, but that gives me great confidence. And then I think opened up possibilities. And I tried to tell you both last night. Don't you? I, oh, I knew you'd do this. Both last night. I knew you would do this. I told, I told you, you that he walked over to see his family and he didn't have ice on his knee and he's walking okay. But you wouldn't listen. That was the first time I've heard Mills? that. Mills? You didn't bring that up last night. Oh, look, I mean, it's great, great news for the All Blacks if that's the case and he's going to be good to go. Does it open the door for Scott Barrett to play six? No. 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 What? No. No. Hey, look, don't shoot the question no. asker. I'm <laughs> no. just. No, the reason, the reason why it's a strong no, and the reason why I think that um, they've taken that mix is because I think Scott Barrett has to stay at lock to do what we need him to do in the World Cup, either starting or not starting, because Sam Light, Whitelock, and Retallick stood up. But I don't think we can afford the idiosyncrasies of Locke that he's really nailed by putting him at six for what game? I just don't think it would help the man stay in the great form that he is. So being a blessing is the fact, in some ways, in, during the Crusaders, was that, that, that uh, Whitelock's been out with injury, right? So that's probably forced, you know, um, Barrett to play Locke consistently. And so if, if we're looking at this and he's chopping and changing week in, week out with the Crusaders and also with the All Blacks, you'd say, oh, man, He's probably a six more, a six and a four. But now, the way he's been playing at lock and the consistency he's actually starting to bring, it gives you comfort that Brady Retallick's out. And you even say that 
Barrett is man, he is playing some good footy at, at, at lock. You know, he'd probably be the number one at the yeah. moment, isn't he? I look at the I look at this group and, and look at the tournament itself. And you talked about going to Everest. There's four massive test matches. There's the opening game, and then there's three a quarter semi and final. I have no issues with the fact that this group can go through that. And we know who our number one side is. And it's not Scott Barrett at blindside flanker. It's him playing at lock and having that. So that's impact. a hard no then, just to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the interesting thing. Were well, you trying to find thing. a way to put another Crusader in <laughs> yeah. the team? Because because that's the, we've got plenty. I, 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 oh, the interesting the interesting thing for me, and 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 we all know it, when you've got competition breathing down your neck, it makes you a better football team. So think about this: Sam Whitelock, 144 games, and Scott Barrett. Is, like those three don't know who's going to play. And they're our, they're our brilliant best players. So you imagine the competition that creates. You look at, you look at the outside backs. You're going, wow, who are you going to pick? How good is that? That makes every training an edge. Because these guys, they've just been picked. You know what they'll be thinking about tomorrow morning at breakfast? How do I make the final? How do I get in that team? How am I going to get my moment? How am I going to make sure I shine so that I'm actually in the 23 that plays the final? It's an exciting time, and I bet there's a lot of relieved players uh, over there in Napier, and Kirsty Stanway has one of them, Luke Jacobson. Luke, second Rugby World Cup, uh, but the first one never really got off the ground, so how does this one feel? Yeah, obviously, uh, last time round didn't quite go to, quite go to plan, but um, no, it's been uh, awesome last 24 hours. Get the first call from Posse last night. Um, yeah, sort of took me back to four years ago when I came home, and... Um, no, really special to get the nod to go ahead. It obviously hasn't been the smoothest last four years as well, so we'll be here at the Pinnacle of it's smoke. Biggest smile on your face. <laughs> How do you feel? Yeah, well, I guess, um, I don't know, hard to put into words, though. Um, I was you know, on the call last night as well. I didn't really have much to say, but, um, yeah, just, um, look, just, yeah, real privilege, real um, humbled to be here, and, oh, yeah, no, it's, Special, yeah. After the last three years, countless amounts of time off the field through injury, did you think you were going to get back here to the Rugby World Cup? I mean, you weren't included in the squad last year. When did you sort of start thinking it's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I just came into this year with a real... I mean, I come into each year trying to play as well as I can, but this year they had a little bit of extra carrot at the end of it. And um, I think a big thing for me this year was being able to stay on the field and... Um, just made sure I did everything I could on that side of things. And I guess a little bit of luck as well. Sometimes injuries are unlucky and happens at bad times. So um, you just got to take it a grain of salt. But uh, thankfully things went well for me this year and I was able to put out some decent rugby onto the field as well. And I'm um, no, very happy that it's landed me here. So stoked for you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Cheers. Appreciate it. Yes, it was a head knock that cut his uh, Rugby World Cup short last time round, but you feel he absolutely deserves his place. He had a great Super Rugby, uh, Jeff, and I enjoyed watching him. I actually enjoy chatting to him in terms of the, the person that he is. He's a great ambassador for the game. Well, you think when you've got to wait four years to get your next opportunity to Rugby World Cup, when you were that close to being part of one in 2019, I think he's had a remarkable season. But it's his versatility that's his biggest asset. He has the ability across all three positions, six, seven, and eight. He understands his roles. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. But one thing, I, I, when I just look down the squad again, this is a vastly experienced team. Yes, there's some players like a Tamaiti Williams and a Fletcher Newell, um, a Moni Narawa, who haven't tasted a lot of international rugby, but then there's so many other players. The numbers we're talking about, and history tells us, J.K. Mills, experience wins Rugby World Cups. Every side that's gone there, it's not a young team that wins it, it's experience in big moments. There's enough, certainly enough, in the squad.
I don't totally agree with that. I think experience and enough youth in there to keep everything exciting. Um, getting back to Luke Jacobson, I remember the disappointment um, in Japan, but you know, there's some guys that don't need to play well in Super Rugby and they're always going to be available for the side. Aaron Smith, you know, White Locks, um, Ritalix. But he continues to have to prove himself. I don't know why, you know, he's been around four years, but he had a huge super season. And his versatility um, is something that you go, would you be worried about him at eight? No. Would you be worried about him at six? No. Because he's just one of those guys that nails his role and he's a hard worker. But I was also nervous for him just because I thought, oh, oh, maybe they're going to take a bigger six in, in final and they're, they're going to leave. He's still one of those guys that you think, oh, he might be left out. Half the country leaves him out. But I'm just so pleased for him because he deserves it. He, he absolutely does. Very exciting day for him and his family. All the 33 men that have been announced today over in Napier. Uh, we've got plenty more to unpack here on the break. We'll take a short break. When we come back, more of these fantastic All Blacks getting ready to represent us at the World Cup. No, my hockey, my welcome back to a very special edition of the breakdown. We are getting ready for this Rugby World Cup. The 33-man squad has just been announced, and I think we're all very pleased from what I can gather. <laughs> Everyone pretty excited about the squad that we've just had announced by former captain Richie McCaw. Jeff, JK, there's a lot of hand gestures that you can't see because you're having a look at the squad there. But what's going on? He's blaming well, me for something. Yeah, jo Josh Lord. Oh, actually, you Mills came down with that little <laughs> list of yours, mate. Like, and you said he's, you know, hey, you got to take hey, Josh Lord because hey. Retallick's injured. Hey. He started the rumour, you agreed, like, mate. You both agreed on this, so don't come back at me. No, if he it, was mate. really well, I had, injured, I had good reason. I had good reason, you know. I thought we might, there might be an outside back that might leave out, which you agree that they, they could have possibly done for a lock, Lucy. You took yourself as being Jason Ryan way too serious. <laughs> Look, what I'm upset about is I didn't get to come and I didn't get to try any of the red wine. But anyway, that's for a different day. We're going to cross back to Napier now with Kirsty, who's got Brody Retallick. Brody Retallick, congratulations. Uh, but I guess secondary to the Rugby World Cup announcement, being back here in the Hawke's Bay, your hometown where your family reside, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's awesome. It's obviously awesome to get named. And then uh, when Fozzie mentioned that they might come to the Hawke's Bay a few weeks ago, I said, yeah, I think it'll be a great spot. And, Obviously, with the reception tonight, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, did you hear the crowd cheer for you when you walked out? I think that was the biggest cheer of the night. Yeah, maybe because I'm the only one from Hawke's Bay, <laughs> but uh, at least it wasn't the quietest. <laughs> Tell us what it feels like uh, to be going to your third Rugby World Cup. What's it like this time around compared to the first? Yeah, I don't think it's changed too much. You know, we all knew that we were going to get a phone call uh, on Sunday afternoon, and we had to wait for that, and I, I actually missed the call from... Gilbert, so I rang him back. I didn't want to wait for him to ring back. And yeah, it's always exciting to hear that you're in the squad. Uh, any nerves around the injury? How is the knee after what we've been hearing in the media? Four to six weeks that you might have to sit out. Is that true or are you okay? Yeah, it's not ideal timing, obviously, uh, with where we're at. And uh, yeah, it is a little bit sore. I'm going to lie about it. it um, but yeah, I'm going on the timeline that the doctors have said and, and hopefully be available for the second pool game. So. Yeah, but, but, you know, we'll miss maybe two games, three at worst, and um, yeah, I'll just have to follow their plan there and hope that it goes to the timeline. We've got a week uh, to restart before you head over to the UK. Congratulations on being named once again. Go and be amongst your family and your fans here. No worries, thanks very much. Right, so we breathe a wee sigh of relief with that knee injury. She'll be back second pool game, third at worst. Is that, is that a risk, though, to take someone who might not be ready until the third pool game of a Rugby World Cup? 
Not no. unless it's Brodie Retallick. So. OK, right. <laughs> well, that answers that then. I'm, I'm appreciating just... No, the... but I'm, I'm just trying to think about... Let's say, let's say you play in Namibia. Who's going to be your third lot? Oh, look, uh, you know, do you, does it, then it becomes someone like Shannon Frizzell might be on the bench and he might cover lock because you'll play... Two point vice there, isn't he? I think the great yeah. thing about uh, this this team and this group, but also the fact that what happened last weekend, that Tupo Vai gives you great confidence that he has well and truly stepped up to the mark. He was really good when he came off the bench, and so he, he's responded in the All Black jersey. Um, does he, I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. It's Namibia. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we should be able to put together a forward back, which doesn't need to be dominant, which should go really well. And, and yep, the, I think there's versatility there. Uh, the, the interesting thing will be is how they manage the top guys, right? How they manage them through those those games, Namibia, Italy and Uruguay. Now that's, that, that'll be the interesting conversation that comes the, up next. The South African, yeah. You know, that's that first one as well. I mean, it's effectively three locks that they're going to end up only using, really, and rotating those guys around. It is interesting. It's really interesting, though. It is an interesting um, question because that's why we actually spoke about Lord. Yeah. Just to be safe. And so that, if there's any risk, it's probably that. Or could they take someone to play in the South African game? Are they allowed to? Don't know. All right, Don't well, know. let's. We'll, we'll, look, what we'll do is we'll, we'll cross now to Ian Foster. Maybe he's got some thoughts on it. Ian, congratulations. The 33 names to represent the All Blacks at the Rugby World Cup. It's an exciting time. Is it relief? How are you feeling? Maybe a little bit of stress and anxiety after some of the calls you had to make? Yeah, look, it's always a tough time, but it's, um, it's an exciting time. There's... You know, 33 people that selectors have chosen, and um, you know we're we're really comfortable with the group we got. We know there's some some really good people that that haven't missed out, and that's the always been the challenge with picking all black squads. But if you look at the depth we've got, the experience with a you know a balance of over half the team, this is their first World Cup. There's a nice mix of enthusiasm, youth, and uh, and a bit of gnarly old experience too. Can you give us a couple of injury updates? Obviously, uh, Brody Retallick, there's a few scares about him. And what about some of the guys that haven't made the squad? Joe Moody, Ethan Blackadder, where are these guys all at? Well, it's quite a list. I'm not sure you want to hear it all. But um, uh, Brody's, Brody's knee's probably about a six-week. Um, and so, but we're not 100% sure. So whether it's be round one, round two of the World Cup, we're not sure. But... Um, you know, we really believe he's he, he, it's that that's he's earned his selection, and, and we can manage that. Um, who else did you say? Joe Moody and Ethan Blackadder. How so, close were they to this squad? Oh, look, very close. I mean, Ethan is they're both unfortunately got sort of re-injuries the last couple of weeks, and that's sort of set them back a little bit. And we really felt, you know, particularly like with Ethan, he's not due to play for another sort of three or four weeks. Um, Moods is sooner than that. We think Moods is in, a, in about two weeks' time. And, but, you know, with the compilation of, of his time off um, and, and our programme, having to go into that first part of this World Cup uh, fully loaded, we, we, uh, we just really want him to go and get some game time in the meantime. We've got a lot of faith in him. He's a special player and he's done a lot in this black jersey and, and hopefully there's going to be an opportunity later for him. When did you decide this 33? Just now, just announced it. Nah, look, we we had it pretty well linked in, but there's been some there's some things happened the last couple of weeks. Like I said, there's been a couple of re-injuries of bodies, and there's been uh, things happen. You know, Braden Enor's knee, which is uh, devastating for him, and he's done everything he can. So you get those stories with with All Black announcements, and it's tough. But um, 
the reality is, you know, we've still got to hop on a plane with 33. Is this a better team than you took to the 2019 Rugby World Cup? <laughs> well, let other people decide that. I don't know, but we've Sir got... Steve said it this morning. Well, well, I've got to listen to the boss, but um, reality is um, we've got to prove everything, don't we? And and we know that, and that's what we've been trying, to, you know, seeking to do the last six weeks. We've been not focusing too much on what are, what other people are saying. We just want to get our performance right because that's our job. And delighted with where we're at, confident going into this World Cup. And you've got a test in a couple of weeks. Your final test before the World Cup. You're taking a few extra players over. Who are they, and why? Yeah, we're adding three players. It was always a plan, by the way, to add three more just for training reasons. Um, we, uh, they, they can't join us when we go to Leon, but they can join us for the two weeks before that. So, so we're going to be taking over uh, Brad Weber as a sort of a, as a fourth nine, um, Sam Penny Finau, who will come over and and you know may even be involved in that South African game with Brody's knee potentially, and and George Bell is going to join us as a as a fourth hooker, it's um, a sufferer Moore's pulled his calf and is out for eight weeks, which has happened on the weekend, so uh, it's a great opportunity for George for us to get to know him. And just finally, how confident are you that you will return to New Zealand in October with the William Webb Alice Cup? Oh, look, I'm, who, you can't, you can never be 100% in this business, we all know what World Cups are like, we've just, we've just seen that in, in football with the USA team getting knocked out, we've seen it in netball, we know that World Cups, you, you just got to go and perform on the stage. Am I confident of where we're at? Very confident. Well, congratulations, and from all of us at Sky, uh, you know we absolutely love you. The things that you've been through over the last 12 months have been tough, but look where you are now. Congratulations. Thanks, Kirstie. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, well, funny things happen at World Cups, like he just said. So this is the 33-man squad that is going over uh, to France that we are talking about. But the injury cover is, I think, what we need to break down a little bit further now. They're taking three extra men over uh, for that South Africa test. Uh, Weber, Finau and George Bell. I'll start with you, JK. I feel for Brad Weber in all of this because I, I think he's a good player. I don't know what's happened. I felt like at some point he might have even been in that 33-man squad. Yeah, and it comes down to... To three men's opinion, right? I think he's outstanding. He's probably one of those players that's been unlucky. I'm pleased he's going over there. But the reason that they take an extra halfback and an extra hooker is it's way too complicated. You just can't come in and pick the game up. You've got extra stuff to do within the team. And Weber is the perfect guy to take over. Um, Bell, I thought, is an interesting one. Um, uh, instead of Amor, possibly. So that's, that's interesting. Um, but it'll be about line-out calls and throwing. So there's always people that, you know, miss out that you think he could have gone, and Webber's always been that guy for me. Isn't that unusual, though? I mean, we've taken a fourth halfback, and also well, this is George the, well, Bell, another, a fourth hooker. Yeah, but yeah, that's just, that's, that's, I think that's I just know, keep them up to speed. Keep, no, keep them up to speed. Yeah. Keep them up to speed, keep yeah. them up to speed, case, get right. them prepared just in case. But I think the semi Penny Finial... Uh, going over as well tells you how close he was to the squad. Yeah. They said he might, we might even see him in that South Africa test. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that yeah. tells you how important they think he is. If something was to happen to any of that loose forward combination in the Rugby World Cup, I think that would be the guy for me who would come in. If they lost anyone a six or eight, and, and we don't need any cover at seven, right, JK? If we've got Artie Savia there, you've got Sam Kane and Dalton Popoli, three options. You've talked about that six to eight position. I think they feel strongly about this guy being able to come in if they needed him. So, um, yeah, the George Bell one thing is, yeah, he's got his hands up in the air again. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that Dan Carter changed our world because all of a sudden we need three in a position, not two, like traditionally, 
right? So I can't go back to 2011. It's actually a bit soon for me to relive all yeah, that. I know, but what happens now, so if you think about what you just said, you know, they might pay Jacobson at seven against South Africa at Twickenham because he could be their third seven, right? And so they'll start... Because these guys plan meticulously. They will know already what their South African side is, more or less. So if he says that, you know, you might see him out there, you will see him out there, either off the bench or not. And you might see them mixing it up a wee bit, might cost you a friendly, but then you're saying, okay, who's your third, who's your fourth? You know, they might put Weber and Bell on the bench, right? And put them on late. Because if you get an injury in that position, you don't need to see him coming in, you know, with. 10 or 15 days to go in the World Cup, not knowing your line-out calls and not knowing your back moves and your, your scrum moves. It's a very, very exciting time, and I feel like we're going to talk about a lot of this for a very long while yet. But what we're going to do now is we're going to cross back to Kirsty, who's got David Havili. David, congratulations. It's been touch and go uh, with the hamstring injury, but how does it finally feel to be named in the Rugby World Cup squad and on that plane? Yeah, pretty surreal to be honest. Um, I don't think it's really sunk in yet. Um, once I call mum and that and let them know, and I'm sure they'll be watching this right now, so I'll call the family and that's when it'll sink in. But yeah, a lot of unknown going into sort of the last sort of month and a half. But um, you know, once I stepped out there on Friday night, I knew that um, the hammy was good and ready to go. So if I was ready to get that phone call, I knew I'd be ready. So yeah. When did you actually find out? Because you obviously played for Tasman 40 minutes on Friday night. When did you get the call? I found out last night, Foz gave me a call and um, yeah, it was either going to be good or bad news and I was grateful that it was good, so extremely um, happy to be here and I can't wait to get stuck in. You're one of these experienced players that have never quite experienced the Rugby World Cup. Have any of the older boys, some of your Crusaders teammates told you what to expect? How different is it to, to just regular All Blacks? Yeah, it's extremely different, like every game means everything. Um, you need to be you're your best um, at each game and um, the guys like Richie and Codes have all told me their experiences, so really looking forward to what it, what it holds, and um, I can't wait to hopefully uh, be out there playing. Thank you so much, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Jess. So David Harvey is an interesting one. We, we talked uh, briefly at the start about Ethan Blackadder, how close, there's a lot of chat around, will he, won't he make it due to his injury. Well, Harvey's come off quite a lengthy injury. Why? Why he? Why would they trust him enough? He's only played 30-odd tests. Sorry, I mentioned before that they didn't go outside the group. He's the only one they've gone outside the group. Why do they trust him? I think the makeup, the makeup of the, 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 the squad and sort of what sort of back, backup you need in terms of the midfield combination. He's in my team all day, every day, and the way he sort of came back, he just balances, you know, that midfield combination out. He's got, he's solid under, you know, in defence, he's, he's, his accuracy in terms of his skill set. But he's a little bit different in terms of when you're looking at the Lucys, and well now Ethan Blackhead is out for another four weeks. You know he's he's not kind of in the Brodie Retallick sort of space where he's in the environment and out. You've really got to make a decision based on that. And we've heard Ian Foster say it before um, with the, with the props. You know you can't sort of afford guys that have been out for a lengthy time to then sort of start you know getting themselves up to speed. David I really is different because he's a crusader. Is that probably why? I think so. Six tests, Blackadder, Crusader. <laughs> 35 tests, Havili, Crusader. Um, look, I just think that he, he transferred from fullback to fill a hole that we didn't have. This is pre-Geordie. Um, he nailed it. He, he brings a different style of game. He's got great angles. Um, he's a leader. He'll be a good voice. The interesting thing about it was touch and go, like you said. He, if, if you think Aaron Smith 
will sleep tonight because he got selected. This guy will be snoring all night, be the greatest night's sleep he's ever had. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want to be his roommate. But it's true. You know, this guy had an injury right up till the death and played on Friday night and got selected. But he's an experience. He's probably in the leadership group, Mills and Goldie, and that's why they go, you're in. Blackadder, um, and I'm sure he's going to come back, and I'm hoping he's going to come back, but hasn't been able to stay on the field this year. Um, you know, six only tests, and he got injured again, which is really unfortunate because he's got so much to offer. Yeah, you have to feel for uh, for those boys. Jeff, I know you are, you just, you, no, there's no. so much you have to say, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a wee break so you can have a cup of tea, and these guys can have a glass of water. They're doing a lot of talking, uh, and I'll keep talking about how wonderful the Crusaders are. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about this brilliant 33 man squad getting ready to represent New Zealand at the Rugby World Cup. Kia ora everyone, welcome back to this special edition of Breakdown as we have heard the 33-man strong squad heading to the World Cup playing for the All Blacks, very exciting times in Napier. We're going to cross now to Kirsty, who has got Damien McKenzie. Damien, congratulations. It's hard to believe, but first Rugby World Cup after the devastation of 2019, how do you feel? Oh, beyond excited, obviously. Um, got a call yesterday and once you sort of get told, it's a bit of relief and um, yeah, just stoked to be about a part of this amazing team and be able to head away to France in a couple of weeks' time, it's a special. First people you told, tell us about that phone call, who was it and what happened afterwards? Was um, there a party at yours or Anton's house? Nah, they want just Anton and I were together so it was, went out for a wee nice, nice dinner together and uh, otherwise I just told my parents, but my close family and, and let them know, so um, much relief for them as, as much as there was for me, so... Oh, they're really excited and proud of the, I guess, the year we've had. And, yeah, obviously there's a lot more to come, so great. And for some of the other boys in this team, I mean, who are you excited to see at the Rugby World Cup? There's a lot of new faces. Oh, there is, for sure. I think the guys who are experiencing their first World Cup, like, it's, it's special. And um, I think the guys who have had a fantastic... Yeah, this year, the guys who have recently new All Blacks, um, for them to get an opportunity is awesome. Um, a good teammate, Amoni, he's yeah. there. So looking forward to seeing how he goes. And just the whole team in general... Um, but it's an exciting uh, squad to be a part of and really looking forward to the next couple of months. Well, well done. Stay fit. We don't want to jinx you, but we'll see you in France. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Yeah, hugely exciting time for uh, those brilliant All Blacks and uh, a sense of relief, I'm sure we've talked about. Their families will be so excited for them as well. Now they don't have to hide it. They, Like JK, you were saying, they can sleep better tonight. But this man here, how much did he deserve his spot? Oh, look, I think that and Mills, I don't know whether you agree, but I think we missed him at the last World Cup. I still think he's the greatest impact player we've got. He's transformed himself from a fullback to a first five at international level. Like, that is a talented young man, but he brings something different. At standoff, he, he plays like a rugby league standoff, runs across the field. So that is, that is gold in a World Cup. It enables us to focus of Bowden Barrett yeah. as a fullback. It enables Bowden Barrett to focus on playing that position and knowing that's going to be where he can have his biggest impact for this side. Now, I would be surprised if at any stage, if, we, if anything happened to Richie Moong, and I hope it doesn't, if they move Bowden Barrett forward. I think they're settled on how they want to play the game, and Bowden's owning that backfield with the option of Will Jordan moving back there as well. Uh, look, I mean, I think he was always going to go, and Damien McKenzie was always going to. Um, to go in this in this team and look I really love the side I really do I mean if, if you were asking for a team that had all the characteristics you'd like Mills going to a rugby world cup it's all there but ultimately now it probably they start again in some way right is the fact the challenge 
the challenge is all in front of them because they've got the team that's good enough on paper. You think this is a, a team good, good enough on paper that could win us a World Cup, Mills? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, you spoke about it before, a mix of, you know, youth and, and, and experience. If you look across your props, you've got experience here for Tungafasi, Laulala, amongst some youth, you know, Dane Coles, um, Cody Taylor. You know, go right to Barrett. You know, there's a couple in every sort of position that you'd go, man, this is, this is a nice, solid sort of team that we've got sort of picked here. And guys like, you know, McKenzie, having the luxury of having him there allows you to have other selections like a Bowden Barrett to just focus on fullback. I have one word and one challenge for you all. Oh, God. Quarterfinal. I'm not, I'm, let's just, let's just talk about no, game one. We've no, no, got a few games we, to this, We have a few games to play before. How do we get there? But this team can win the World Cup. I think it's a great team. Got no issues whatsoever. But what I'm saying to you is when, how do you get into that quarterfinal, which is going to be critical. Two teams go home. So do you play your full side? You're going to play it against France. Because do you You're have to play make against a statement Italy. at a World Cup? Is and then do you back it up and do you play your best side against Uruguay? You play half the side. What do you do? Because you've got to go into that side. So Richie McCaw, go back to the Everest thing, and he just said it on TV. He says four games. Because you've got the one before Yep. You play the quarterfinal, you've got quarterfinal, semifinal, final. So what do you do against Uruguay? We're going to beat them by 100 points, mate. Well, we hope. But let's just let's just play the first game first, because I'm I, I, I'm interested to know what the tactic is in terms of what you the statement you make at a World Cup. How crucial is it to go out and win and win well against France, or is that are we not are we it's not thinking about the plan? Right? I think yeah. that game will be important. But the rolling that four weeks down, we've seen these last three weeks, right? How 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 much you have to get up. For a, for a game week in, week out. And there's a couple of breaks in, in between these last sort of games. So you don't get that in the World Cup once it comes to the last sort of game. You have to go in really hot once it gets that, that last sort of a pool game and roll in you know, with your best team those three games. So the first game's not a knockout game. The first game is not a knockout no, game. South Africa, they're right, last World Cup, they lost to us and went on to win it. Exactly. So, I mean, as, as nice as you guys not for confidence and, yeah. and, and yet we are where we think we are, they'll have an opportunity to build from that first game because they've got the benefit of time and they've got other matches. Like you say, they need to be lifting but, through the back Are you going to answer three. my question, you guys? Exactly. It's quarterfinal time. Well, we won't my, know. My question was, are you going to play your full side Absolutely. against Uruguay and beat them by 100? Or are you going to play your best side, France, Italy, and then the other guy? But should you not be Go doing fresh. that, though? Should you not do that, though, so everyone, you know, it's another chance to just, you know, not refine your Uruguay. position? You don't? Not against Uruguay. You're going to beat them by 100 points. It's two weeks between Italy and the quarterfinal. No disrespect. Does that work just in our favour, having the two weeks, given That's that we're coming in with, the, you know, the Brodie Retallick injury? These guys are smart enough, experienced enough. They know how to plan their preparation. I have no issues with the fact we've seen players and teams, after a couple of weeks' break, come in and perform So you really, break really them. Really well. so, so you rest them yeah, against look, Uruguai and you hit the quarterfinal. Argentina, South Africa. Look, uh, look, this is a team that's well and truly good enough. I'm just happy with the team at the moment. We'll get to that point when yep. we get to close to the World Cup, mate. Come on, you guys have just got to calm down and celebrate this. I think we all team. need to calm down as well. I think we need to, let's take one more look at that World Cup squad. Can we have a, one last glimpse of it? It is a strong 33-man squad heading over to France to represent us in the Rugby World Cup. Everyone here very happy, I think. If you give me one word to describe the squad, JK, I'll start with you. The best possible squad. One with word. One word. One word. <laughs> the best possible squad. Yes, OK. Solid. Solid. Oh, I like solid. Jeff? Winners. Ooh. Oh. Winners. Mm. I'm going to say ours, because that's what they are. They are our All Blacks heading over to represent us at the Rugby World Cup. And it has been such a privilege uh, to cover this with you. It's been so exciting. I feel like we've talked about this for such an extended period of time. Here we finally are. There they are, the All Blacks. That is our squad heading over to the Rugby World Cup. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you soon.
Bush has been received. And the throw is good. Pops it up to Tony Woodcock. And here's his kick. And he's nailed it. And the All Blacks are the world champions for the second time. Bowden Barrett's got a heap of pace. He leads the charge. Go, Bowden! That's up, Dowitz! That's the Woodcock! First team to go back to back. And the first to win three titles.